Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hiya, Bab. Hello there. How are you? I'm very well. How are you? I'm absolutely fine. Thank you so much for asking. And indeed, our listeners, wherever you're listening to the show around the world, we hope that you are well too. And welcome to Bearback. Indeed, the podcast where we navigate our lives together as a bear couple. And explore the quirks of our respective cultures. If you didn't know by now, I'm Ben and I'm British. And you better know by now, <laughs> I'm Benja and I'm Argentinian. And this week we'll be chatting all things beards with Texan Oso Ewart, who founded his own natural beard brand in 2019. And we'll be asking him what is so great about having a beard and how can we care for our facial hair better? I mean, we are bears, we kind of do facial hair, is a thing, so let's take good care of it. Absolutely. So, what have we done this week? Absolutely nothing. <laughs> well, we've been to work. Well, yeah, but doesn't count. Work doesn't count, does it? <laughs> I don't know, I like my job. Mm, yeah, I mean, I like the field of my job. <laughs> We're not going to get into that conversation today. <laughs> let's not. But yeah, we've literally got no plans, which for us is a miracle. I know, and the thing is, you know I'm a complainer. Oh, I thought you would have a comment for that. No, I'm just going to let it lie, because it's true. Well, yeah, no, I I thought you were going to do like an affirming comment to that. Mm. When you say you're a complainer, let's just say that's with a capital C. That is what I'm expecting, is for you to (laughs) mock me with your response in that space that I left when I said that I was a complainer. So, I'm a complainer, which means that if we have plans, I complain because we have too many plans. If we don't have any plans, I complain because we don't have any plans. There's a saying in Spanish that we say that, basically, I'm someone who no hay poronga que le venga bien. It's basically saying that there's no dick that suits you. I think in English we would say there's no pleasing you. Well, yeah, but... Because we're Latin, we add the penis into it. <laughs> Obviously, I mean... Of course. It's kind of be to be expected, isn't it, really? But yeah, so we had no plans at all. Today, we actually just went out for a walk. I know, it was like proper lockdown 2020 vibes, wasn't it? It was like, oh, we've got an hour, let's go for a walk. <laughs> yeah, but it also shows how unfit we are, because we went on the walk that we used to do during the first year of the lockdown, and suddenly we're saying, oh, was that porn always there? And I was like, oh, was that post always there? We just didn't remember what was there. It shows how long it's been since we've gone out for a walk. <laughs> Indeed. Yeah, it did. It did. But it was nice. It's one of those kind of classic April days today where it's kind of... The weather doesn't really know what it wants to do. It's sunny one minute. It's snowing the next. About mid-afternoon, we were like, oh, we could have a barbecue now. And like now, as it approaches evening time, we're like, no, nah, mm, it's freezing. It's absolutely freezing. And the thing is, we know how barbecues are. That's where you become a complainer of, oh, we do barbecues when it's cold, we do barbecues when it's cold. And then, basically, I'm outside doing the barbecue and you're inside with heating. So, I don't know why you complain about that one. Well, if you want to do a barbecue tonight, I'm not going to complain. Maybe. 
but yeah, so it's kind of a rare week where we haven't really got much news for you guys, really. It's been pretty bog standard. The cat's molting a bit. I think we need to um, get the extra nozzle on the hoover to get the hair off up, up, up off the sofa. Or maybe you can just groom the damn cat. I do groom the cat. You don't. I do. I get the glove out now and again. He's got this, like, giant red glove that looks like an oven glove, but it's kind of got, like plastic spikes on but they're not spikes are they because they don't hurt him he loves it actually when you put the glove on his eyes are like boing boing like he gets really excited and he just sits there and literally you can stroke the fur on him if he's on the floor you basically like move him around the room because he's so relaxed he doesn't he just moves as you put the glove down so it's basically like you turn the cat into a giant mop yeah but let's define or let's sort of clarify what you define as ever so often i mean Ever so often for you means 2007. No, I do it monthly. You don't. You're do. so full of it. You just don't see. You're <laughs> like on the toilet or something. <laughs> You're just full of it. Okay. Well, anyway, time to open the post bag, I think, because we have had a message from what could potentially be our first listener in China. Ooh. So we've had a message from Merman Bacchus. Wait, merman. Yes, he's an actual mer- well, he's a merman, but he defines himself as a mer bear. Are we literally trying to have a message from a, a mer bear? Yeah. Oh, that's so cool. In China. If you want to have a look, guys, he's on Instagram at orca underscore royalty. He actually says on his profile that he is sea mammal royalty. Yeah, and from what I'm seeing, he's very produced, he's very professional. Is he like a mer bear for a living or something? I don't know. I mean I don't know if there's much demand for a merbear in China. Why not? It seems like it. I mean, there's lots of pictures of him in very glamorous locations underwater, obviously, because he's a merbear, wearing crowns and sort of exploring shipwrecks and just being quite nautical, I guess. I know, I love it. So yeah, very exciting that we've got a genuine listener from China, 7,000 miles away. Did you Google that? No, he said that in his message. Ah, okay. It yeah. sounded like one of the things that you would Google. Yeah. He, no, no, I didn't actually. But it sounds like one of the things that you would Google and then try and say that you just knew. You didn't Google it. <laughs> I don't know how far China is from Warwickshire. Well, and also China is quite big, isn't it? So it depends on which part of China. I think he's in the sort of Guangzhou area, which, is that by the sea? But I suppose a merbear could probably utilise the rivers to get to the sea. I suppose. And if I remember, when I went to Guangzhou, there was definitely a river there. I've never been, so I couldn't say. Maybe a canal as well. Can merbears utilise canals? You're asking the wrong person, I don't know. I mean, I suppose any hole's a goal, really, isn't it? So any type of water. If a merbear got desperate, he could use the sewerage system to get around. Okay, I think you've taken the conversation to a place where it does not need to go. I'm just fascinated by this whole concept. Yeah, but be fascinated by the fact that we have A, a listener in China, and B, a listener in China who is a mere bear. I know, it's incredible. Just leave it at that. All right. (laughs) 
Okay, well, we are delighted to have a very special guest on the show today who comes to us all the way from Dallas, Texas. So, fellow bear Osso Ewert founded natural beard brand Osso Scruffy in 2019. It's a family-owned and operated company, and all their products are made and individually packaged by hand. And we're delighted that you join us today on the show, Osso. Good morning. Well, good morning for you. Good morning. <laughs> good morning. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I know it's very early for you. What time is it over there? It is officially 8.08 a.m. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I mean, let's make this one worth it, shall we? Let's, yeah. ma- let's make awesome uh, waking up early worth it. Yeah, but you've, you've had lots of coffee. You're good. I'm good. I am good. I, I have never been so eager to talk about beards at 8 a.m. <laughs> that is what we like to hear. So for the listeners, can you just tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, absolutely. I'm 43. I am a bear. I live in Dallas, Texas. <laughs> I have been with my husband this, in two months, makes 18 years together. Wow. Um, Do you get a medal yeah. or something for that? I think it's something like 50 or 60 in gay years. Exactly. It's wow. like a lifetime in gay years. It's, it's a lot. It's a lot. Really, I mean, I've worked in a lot of different industries. I spent a long time in advertising. I've worked in the tattoo industry for almost 25 years. But this was something that I started for myself. And it's just kind of grown into something a bit bigger. And then other people liked what I was doing. So it's kind of taken off. And I really i am enjoying it. Well, we love your products. We've obviously been trying them ahead of today. And we'll get to that a little bit later. But what I want to know is... What is so great about beards, in your opinion? I think if you run your fingers through a beard, you kind of get it. You know, I mean, it doesn't take much more than that. For myself, I can say that I do not care for the way my face looks without a beard. (laughs) So there's a bit of vanity there. The beard kind of extends my face, which tends to be a little bit more round than I want it to be. So it gives me a bit of length on my face. I think that it's just... For a lot of guys, it's having control over the way they look a little bit more. And it doesn't mean you have, you know, a three foot long beard. It just means that you've got a bit control over what your face looks like. You know what? It's so true. Um, for me, it had a different effect as well. Because I, I started working quite early on, um, on in manufacturing industries. And I was in a coordinating role. And again, without the beard, I kind of looked 12. So actually growing a beard was quite helpful. It really sort of prompted and commanded some respect from the people that I was working with. Like I was seen as a man rather than a child trying to tell them what to do. You know what, you know what I mean? So I, I think, think that's the case for a lot of people. I think that a lot of people, they look years and years younger when they don't have hair on their face. And that for me, that was the same case, right? I looked much younger without the beard and I feel like more myself when I do have a beard on my face. You mentioned your name also. I want to focus on that for a little bit because of course also is bear in Spanish and I'm Argentinian, my first language. The podcast is called Bearback. So there's a lot of <laughs> uh, there's a lot of coincidence there. So tell us a little bit about uh, how uh, how did it happen that you become known as also. <laughs> So I have a poly family, and one of the members of that family nicknamed me Oso. I am a bear, so it kind of fits. But, you know, it sort of stuck in everyone around us. Like our closer friends started calling me Oso. And pretty recently, I basically just told everyone in my life, like, if you know me, 
I want you to call me Oso. That's what I, that is my name now. I don't want you to call me my given name. I want you to call me Oso. I've gone as far as like changing signatures and all of that kind of stuff. So it's, that is my name. And I've always felt more comfortable being called Oso. I, I've never cared for my given name. I just, it just, it never felt right. And Oso feels right. That's the important bit. It's your chosen name. It's your chosen identity. It's who you are, isn't it? You are Oso. And, and it's really interesting what you say about identity there, because Unlike Ben Ho, who's had a beard for years and years and years, I literally started growing my beard properly, probably about six months before we met. So we've been together four years, yeah, four and a bit years. And for me, I was on a trip. I went to Australia and I had a bit of stubble and somebody said, oh, you look really hot like that. And I was like, oh, okay, there's something here with this. And then I just kind of grew a beard and it just kind of felt right. It wasn't because it was trendy. It wasn't because other people around me were doing it. And what you just described before about putting your hands through your your hair on your face, there is something incredible about that. And it's, I don't know, is it powerful? Does it make me feel sexy? Is it is it a combination of both of those? Probably yes. But yeah, I love having a beard now. I love the process of looking after my beard. I love going to the barbers. I've got a, a fantastic barber who I look forward to going to, you know, I go and see her, you know, every sort of six weeks and stuff. And I, and I enjoy that experience. And it's become a much bigger part of my life than I thought it would have done. I always thought I was a bear before, before I had a beard or not. I, I, I wouldn't feel that it cements me in that sense. But there is something quite magical about a beard, isn't there? And I think as well, yeah. that for me, is that when you say about running your fingers, and this is where beard products come in for me, because realistically, if I if I haven't taken care of my uh, of my beard and I run my fingers through my beard, it kind of feels like wrong. It feels like I don't know, like matted pubes running my <laughs> oh, fingers. I, I know it's awful. I, I I mean, good luck you. You're my partner. You have to deal with it. So. It's eight a.m. in Texas right now. You do realize that. Well, but <laughs> and you're talking about pubes already. No, no, I'm talking about the feeling of beards. And the thing, there's a, there's a distinct difference between running your finger through your beard when it has been properly groomed uh-huh. than when it hasn't. So it just goes to show how essential beard grooming products are. But I mean, there's so many, isn't there? Also, there's balms, there's oils, there's creams, there's butters, there's shampoo. Can you just kind of take us through some of these products that are available and what they all actually do? Sure. A lot of people, when they come to my booth or they come to my site and they have questions, when the people say, you know, my beard is always, uh, it's really coarse, it's really scraggly, it's, it's always rough. A lot of people, they just, they really don't know how to take care of the hair on their face. Mm-hmm. Um a lot of people overwash, so they wash every day with the, the same shampoo they use on their hair. I'm like, well, that's really bad for your beard. So you're saying no hair shampoo on your beard? Uh, no, it's actually really not good for your, your beard. It's, really? It tends to, well, the chemicals tend to strip all of the good oils and everything out of your beard. Mm-hmm. Um, so it actually it makes your beard rougher and drier and more coarse okay see i do that i've i I use shampoo and conditioner on my beard well don't anymore exactly don't do that so there are like i make a shampoo bar that i've specifically made for beard care most people wash their beards too often and it just it makes it dry it makes it coarse but as far as the the stuff that you put into it uh there's sort of a spectrum Right, you have oil on one side, and you have wax on the other side. Mm-hmm. Oil, oil is strictly hydration. There is no hold to that whatsoever. 
wax is all hold and no hydration. Does that make sense? So you've got all of these far ends of the spectrum. On the closer to the oil side, you have butter, which is really the consistency of butter sitting on the the counter. That is going to give you a lot of hydration, a tiny bit of hold, but really I recommend it for either shorter beards or beards that are straight and don't need any real hold. Mm-hmm. As far as balm, balm is closer to wax, but it's got more hydration. It just has a lot of hold. So the balm that I make, it offers me, I have a very curly beard that if I don't put something in it, it's all over the place. But as you can see, it's very well maintained right now. Oh, it's yeah. um, beautiful. Especially for eight in the morning. If, if, if it were eight in the morning here, it might be, you could see it like spiking all over everywhere. It looks like a scarecrow. <laughs> a little bit. Right. So my beard, actually, it's about two or three inches longer than it looks because I roll it. I just, it's easier for me to keep it maintained. I can't do that if I don't use a balm. The balm gives you that hold, but it also gives you the hydration. So there's a shea butter and jojoba oil in it that gives it that kind of hydration, keeps the hair healthy, keeps the skin underneath it healthy. And a lot of people run into a problem where they're, yeah, it's really itchy and I get dandruff. It's because the skin is so dry. And washing it every day with a shampoo tends to do that. See, I'm learning already. And so I'm, what I'm getting as well, just speaking about ourselves, because I know it's a podcast we love speaking about ourselves. Well, I love speaking about myself. You certainly uh, do. Yeah. So I think that I'm more a bum needing beard and yours is more of a butter needing Absolutely. beard. Absolutely. Because yeah. yours is straighter. Yours kind of stays in place for longer. Mine is all over the place. Yeah. So I kind of need that hold. I'm all about the butter. And you're all about the butter. You do like butter. I love butter. Peanut butter, cow's butter, whatever butter. Different type of butter butter. Yeah, I know, I know. You can't spread this on your toast. But I mean, it's really important that we get this right. I read before we met today that people who shave their beard regularly, they spend 3,350 hours of their lives in the bathroom. So it's really important with beard care that we get it right because that's a lot of hours a lot of time spent in the bathroom and the thing is i don't think there's uh, because i've had a beard for so long fyi last time i shaved it must have been about 2009 i went to a fancy dress party as an overweight like post prime harry potter <laughs> and that was the and that was the uh, yeah to be fair, i got a little bit too drunk and i started like using my one that was a tree stick and slapped guys in their bums oh my god really bad it was really bad but I, I appreciate you went full method. And, oh, yeah, yeah, I went full method off. and I took the beard off. But that was the last time I shaved, and that would have been about 2009. We speak to a lot of people, friends, you know, colleagues, that kind of thing, and they say, oh, I can never grow a beard. Is there a way that somebody can grow a beard? And people who who really struggle to grow a beard, can they? is there a way they can make it a fuller beard? So I think that there are some people that, unfortunately, just genetically, they are not going to grow a full beard. One of my partners, he has a very full goatee, but does not grow anything below his sideburns. It just, it doesn't grow. He, he's been growing a mustache for, I think, two months now. And it it's that it looks very thin. It's just, it's not there. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's some things that genetically, you're just not going to be able to grow one. But I've had a lot of people that have tried my products that, As they started taking care of the skin and as they started taking care of the hair, they did start to notice it coming in fuller and coming in healthier. And that's my goal, right, is to to help people have kind of that healthy 
beard. Anybody can grow a, a kind of patchy, terrible beard, but I want you to have a healthy beard, right? There are also things you can do. You know, some people, it's hormones. You know, they, they need more testosterone or whatever it is. But there are minor things that you can do. There's a, it's, uh, I can't remember what it's called. There is a, it's like a metal pinwheel with a bunch of little pokey I'm, bits. That thing appears a lot in my ads. It's like a, it's like a roller <laughs> with pins yeah. that you kind of roll on your beard to try to stimulate growth. Not like the kind of thing that you, you roll over grass to get the grass to grow. Is it something similar, like a scarifier or something like that? Yeah, pretty it's, much. It's very similar, but it's for skin, yeah. Does um, that work? I always thought that that was a hoax. I've talked to barbers, and they the ones that I have talked to have recommended them hmm. um, because it does stimulate that hair growth. You have to do it kind of every day, and you have to make it a point to take really good care of your beard and the face underneath it. So I don't try to make claims that, you know, everyone's going to have this massive thick beard. But I think the more you take care of your skin, the more you take care of your hair, the more likely it is that you're going to come through with kind of a, a thicker beard. And what about combs? I read somewhere that you, for your beard, you need to avoid like plastic combs <clears throat> and always use wood. Is that a thing or is that a hoax as well? I... <sighs> I, I have used both, and I have found very little difference between them. My barber that I just went to this past week, someone did a 3D printer uh, version of a really nice beard comb, and he loves it. He's been using it for quite a while, and he has a massive beard. But, you know, I, I have wood combs. I have found that the best combs for my beard are on the ends of my arms. Mm-hmm. My fingers are my best comb i can get my balm in between much easier Mm. with my fingers and i can style it easier with my hands so i mean if you want to use a comb use a comb is there some magical reason to use wood over plastic i don't think so i mean other than i don't want plastic on my face any more than i have to Mm -hmm. beyond that there shouldn't really be any reason that you have to use a wood comb See, but that's the thing, when you browse online and when you read online about beards and beard care, it's so difficult. And that, and that's the point for me, that it's been so difficult in beard care. It's, well, what do I do? What product do I need to use? And, mm. and, and your explanation has been brilliant because it gives me, okay, yeah, I need to get off oil and actually get into balm. And with the combs as well, I've read about it. So I, I normally tend to use a wooden comb just because I have one. But so, does it make a difference? Yeah. What I would say is the comb is not going to actually help you. So for your beard, just because I'm looking at it, what I would actually get is a bore bristle brush. It's a brush with very stiff bristles Mm -hmm. that would actually be better for you, I think, to help you shape it. For people with thicker beards, I think that is infinitely more helpful than a comb. Okay. We have to add it to the shopping list, Pam. <laughs> I know all these new things we need to buy. <laughs> but you know, the thing is, it's like with the like that rolling thing for your face. How we thought because realistically, I think that it's also worth saying. So my beard can actually be quite patchy as well. It's just that I've been growing it for so long and I stuck with it for so long that now it looks fuller. So I think that probably my recommendation to people wanting to grow a beard and not being able is that sometimes you just need to wait it out and and just get through that few months that looks like crap and looks all patchy and eventually it gets fuller but I've always thought about buying the thing and I never but I always saw it and said mm, that rolling pin kind of seems like a hoax but it's good to know that it's recommended so another one for the list 
the other thing I was just thinking about as well is when you decide to grow a beard for the first time, you really are kind of going into sort of uncharted territories. Like, you know, what kind of shape do I have? Where do I need to sort of taper it and stuff like that? What would your advice be for people who are starting out on that bearded journey, if you like? Sure. But I think it goes to what you were just saying. The best tool, I think, for anyone's beard is patience. It's just like letting your hair grow. You don't know what it's going to do until it gets long enough for you to actually do something with it. A beard is exactly the same way. You need to let it grow to see kind of, number one, how full is it going to be? Is it going to be curly? Is it going to be, you know, growing off on one direction? I mean, what do you need to do to shape it (laughs) so that it fits your face better? And I think one of my strongest recommendations is to talk to a barber. For me, going to the barber is sort of pampering myself. I go, because I take care of my beard every day. Mm -hmm. It's nice to go and have someone else do it for Mm -hmm. a change. If they're a barber, and I've not been to a barber in the UK, so I can't speak for the UK, but barbers that I've been to in the States, they know how to take care of beards. That's what they do, right? And they can give you some direction, some push one way or another about this is the way your hair looks like it's growing. So this is what I would recommend. I cannot speak highly enough of qualified barbers. They have been integral in me being able to get to where I am with this thing. Yeah. And, And I guess as well, certainly in my experience, I don't know about you two, but going into a barber's and having a face, you know, like this kind of mad hair on your face it doesn't put a barber off. They actually see that as that's perfect for them because it's almost like their blank canvas, isn't it? You know, you're going in with this kind of mound of hair that you've just grown out, but actually they can tame it back and then together you can kind of work out, you know, how you're going to maintain that going forward. Yeah, I think for me, I think I've struggled explaining to barbers what I want or the way that I want my beard to look. And it's kind of weird, but... I kind of always thought, well, I'd rather have like my sideburns relatively short and kind of grow down and then kind of on a pyramid shape, <laughs> if you like. Uh, it's an way. Egyptian bed. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Because uh, realistically, I'm, I'm the same as you. I have a round face. So without the beard, my face, is, it looks like a football. Um, <laughs> I mean, like a soccer it would be for, uh, for you. Yeah, like a, a round ball. I don't necessarily want a bushier beard, but I kind of like the idea of a long beard. And I found it's thinning. Yeah. It's thinning for a round face. It makes your head a bit more elongated and it takes some of the weight off of the side. And I found really difficult to explain that to barbers and I, I and they always end up just cutting my beard really short again and I kinda of like go and say, mm, this is not what I wanted. But you've not found the one. Like yeah, no. my barber, I know that she's the one. I mean, she knows me now, been you know, in dialogue for a couple of years now. But you have that understanding. And I think once you've found that, you won't let it go. <laughs> I travel quite far to go to my barbers. You know, it's a half an hour train journey. So I think when you find the right one, you keep them close. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, did it take you as long to find me? No, 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 no. You were waiting for me online. Shall we, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Shall okay. we move on? One of the things that I wanted to talk about was the, and we'll get on to talk about your products, the sort of beard grooming industry as a whole. Now, I did a bit of research again, because I'm, I'm good like that. $43.1 billion the beard grooming market is expected to be worth by 2026. Why do you think there's been such a massive growth in beard grooming products over the sort of last 10 years, I guess? I think that it's been sort of a 
kind of reclamation of personal identity. As far as, you know, in the States, for decades, there has been this idea that if you are bearded, you are not professional. If you are bearded, you are not presentable to a client. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've noticed a massive shift from my dad the entire time I was growing up had a very thick mustache, right? Mm-hmm. At some point, his employers decided that that wasn't professional. He should. But that was, you know, that was in the 80s. And I noticed as I got into the workforce, like, yeah, you can't have hair on your face or you just it never made sense to me. And it was this sort of just outmoded idea that, you know, if you have hair on your face, you are you are somehow unkempt. You're mm-hmm. not presenting yourself in a way that is professional. You are not taking care of yourself. And I think that there is a line where people don't take care of themselves and they, their hair looks like garbage or their face your beard <laughs> looks like garbage and you dress like garbage, right? That, to me, is an overall issue rather than just a beard issue. I think you should take care of your beard as much as you take care of your hair, as much as you take care of the way you dress. I don't think it has to be this you know, traditional idea of what you have to look like to go into a professional setting, but I think that's really what it is. It's just, it's reclaiming that. And I really give a lot of credit to the millennials who have started, I'm generation X. So we were raised and pushed a certain way. This is how you, you know, approach a, an employment situation. You take what they give you and you just work. Right. I think millennials and even the zillennials have really pushed back against that. And I credit them for a lot of this being more possible than it would have been. For me, I'm, I think that it starts with beard. And, and what I mean by this is that um, you mentioned uh, millennials and generation Y said, I, I get lost to be honest. But I think it started a whole process where now is more mainstream sort of self-care products for men in general, even makeup brands for men. And for me, it starts with beard because I think that beard and beard care was the thing that introduced a lot of men to actually it's okay. It's fine. It doesn't make me less masculine to take care of my beard. And that kind of progressed into sort of into more skincare again makeup in some cases or whatever products you want to uh, you want to use so is that your perception do you think that how do you relate sort of the concept of beard and masculinity and how outdated or not outdated that concept might be i think that there is a very strong connection between having a beard and masculinity that i don't know is necessarily deserved I know a lot of people who I would never put the word masculine on them that are very bearded. Mm -hmm. Um, As far as, you know, my customers and my partners and my friends go, the idea that you have to be a certain way to be masculine, I think is just kind of an outmoded idea. Part of the reason I started this and part of the reason I continue with this business is I like to show people real people with real beards, you know, a lot of what I see in the industry is pictures of these super cut ultra, you know, ripped, hyper masculine Viking guys with masculine, you know, enormous beards and huge muscles. 
and they're all white and they all looked kind of picture perfect, you know, mm-hmm. that's just not reality. And I don't think that you have to be that to have a beard and love the face that you've got. So I think you can look at any of the pictures that I've posted on my Instagram or website. And that's just not the people that I post because I don't think that's reality. I think that a lot of these beard companies are looking at this same clip art, the same, you know, batches of art of these Viking guys and just reusing the same thing. I can safely say the pictures that I use on my Instagram or on my site are of real people, you know. Mm. And the thing, I think that's how you champion a real image of, of beards. And uh, do you have brand ambassadors uh, as well? I do. I actually just started that. And the person that kicked it off for me is a trans man that has a much nicer beard than I do. <laughs> and he's been really great. I've since added several more. But it's really just to kind of get that that idea is something that I approach them with that I'm not pushing for hyper-masculine. I'm not pushing for, you know, this idea that you have to look a certain way, that you have to, you know, be a certain race, you have to be a certain size, you have to be a certain, none of that. Most of my customers, I have a lot of bears as customers because those are the people that I kind of speak to, you know? And, and I want to talk a little bit about the bear community. Mm-hmm. We're all bears here. But why do you think bears love a beard so much? I think that there is a certain amount of that connection from beard to masculine or hairy to masculine Mm -hmm. that it's a little bit of seeing yourself in someone else or seeing, you know, your ideal in someone else. It's having that idea that I think a lot of us grew up with, which again, I, I don't think it's necessarily the case, but we grew up seeing, you know, hairy equals masculine or mm-hmm. bearded equals masculine. And I think a lot of bears are just attracted to that. But I don't think it's necessarily something we think about. Mm-hmm. I can say personally, I prefer it when someone that I'm attracted to has hair on their face. Mm-hmm. I think everyone that I'm attracted to, I think. I more rarely find someone without a beard attractive, but I think it's partially because I do this for a business. Yeah. And I found myself, when I was growing up in Argentina, I was starting to grow a beard as well. I think that it, for some reason, the bear community was connected also to the messiness of the beard, of unkempt mm. beard. There was, back in Argentina, this idea that if you looked tidy, and if you had a beard and it looked tidy, it was less masculine, and therefore bears yeah, right. tended to move away from it. And again, I kind of grew up with that. So I, I've, I have to admit that I've always found it really difficult to find time for my beard because it's it was never part of my of my care routine. Mm. So it's something that I had to add more as, a, as an adult or as almost forty year old. Because again, the concept of scruffy actually was considered sort of more attractive amongst the circles that, and I don't really understand why. <laughs> mm. Mm. Well, but that goes to the same the same idea of not taking care of yourself, somehow being more masculine. You know, it it goes back to what you're saying with the beard care products sort of being the introduction for a lot of men into quote unquote beauty care. Yeah. It's just a matter of taking care of yourself. And I think that, you know, as some of the younger generation sort of gets into 
becoming kind of an older generation, they are sort of kicking back against that stuff. The idea that taking care of yourself is somehow making you less of a man or somehow making you less masculine or making you less whatever. It's an outmoded idea that I'm super happy to see people pushing back against because why would you not take care of yourself? I mean, do you feel better with a scratchy beard? Do you feel better with, you know, you're covered in dirt? I mean, take care of yourself. It feels better. Take care of yourself. Mm. Mm. One of the things, again, before we, we met today, I was like, I was trying to find out if there was any sort of scientific backing for this of, of why sort of gay men love a beard. And I found this study by the University of Queensland in Australia from 2017. It's published in a journal called Evolution and Human Behaviour, if you're interested. And they basically investigated this phenomena. Now, the survey is 1,577 men and women from Brazil and the Czech Republic. So I'm not sure why Brazil and Czech Republic, but there we are. And they found that gay men had a stronger preference for men with more facial hair. They found that men who have sex with men found people with thicker facial hair particularly more attractive. But when the study was repeated for women, the findings were not the same. The second study found that men who were clean-shaven and those with a full beard were the less sexually attractive to women. But the sexiest men for women were those sporting heavy stubble followed by short stubble. Another finding that the study found was that for gay men, guys with thicker facial hair make better longer term partners. There you are. And again, what we were talking about before, for people who can't grow full of beard, the research stated that guys are most attractive to guys with similar levels of beard to themselves. So if you haven't got a really thick beard, don't worry, there's still a beard out there for you. <laughs> Look at you all sciencey. I know, but it's fascinating, isn't it? That you know, And it's, it's quite a large sample as well. It's not like they just you know interviewed like three guys. Like This is quite a big sample. So maybe there is some kind of science behind all of this. Why we all love a beard. Could be, could be. I would be interesting to hear kind of what the reasoning was, uh, or if they just said, you know, I just like this better. Um, yeah. But I would like mm-hmm. to hear kind of the reasoning or the theory, at least, of what the reason is for that attraction. And do you think that they're here to stay, or do you think that it's one of the things that we're going to go back to clean shaven being the norm? Have we reached I, peak beard? I think that we have reached peak beard in sort of mainstream culture. I think that because going back to what I was saying earlier, I think people are taking more ownership of the way they look. Mm -hmm. And I think that we're at that point that people, they feel more free to either grow the beard or not. I talked to a lot of people that shave them off. You know, they wear them for a while, they shave them off, they wear them for a while, they shave them off. But I think it's that ownership of yourself and being free to sort of, display yourself the way you want rather than, you know, an expectation from, you know, an employer or an expectation from a partner that you have to look a certain way. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think we're, we're probably peak beard. I don't know that I think it will really diminish mainly because of that kind of self ownership. And it's something as well that we've not touched on this that has played out throughout history as well. I mean, if you think about in the Middle Ages, the knight's beard, obviously back then that would have represented um, a virility and honour. But then you compared that to the clergy who were always clean shaven because that would indicate celibacy and the fact that they were supposed right. to, that the fact that they were opposed to the fighting that the and the bloodshed that the knights engaged in, you know. The Egyptians, Native Americans, you know, it's been ingrained throughout our sort of shared culture for millennials, really, I suppose, hasn't it? 
Yeah. Is this just a, 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 a you know another trend? Do you do you envisage that you know we're going to go back to you know we're all going to be clean shaven the next time, you know, in the next ten years? Or what I'm saying is, I feel that we're in a we're in a period of our evolution now where we kind of have the choice, more choice than we've ever had before, and I feel uh, like that that will enable more people to kind of stay in the kind of beard zone. I think that we will probably see in the next five, 10 years that we'll probably see a bit of a shift where people are less bearded in more mainstream media. But I think that personal choice, I think people are still going to either choose to be bearded or, you know, whatever level of beard that is. But I see guys now with beards down to their belly (laughs) that you never would have seen that 20 Mm. years ago, you know, and it's because there is that kind of freedom to, choose to look the way you want to look i think that it may drop off some but i i think i think beards are probably here to stay and since beards are here to stay let's talk a little bit about also scruffy let's talk a little <laughs> bit about how your products help those bearded men the ones that choose to remain bearded in the years to come so tell us a little bit about your brand uh, how did it come about why did you set it up when what products do you have Sure. Uh, I started it probably about five years ago, mainly to give myself a little bit more control over what I was putting on my face. It started with a friend of mine that I worked with. He had some beard balm that he was making, but it wasn't quite right for me. Mm -hmm. Um, I didn't like the consistency of it, and I wasn't a super big fan of the smell. So he gave me the recipe that he was using. I changed that up quite a bit uh, and went back and forth to get to what I felt was the right consistency. And then I could control the scent, you know, and that was a big thing for me. If I'm going to have something on my face, I want to smell what I want to smell. It's so true because I had some of your balm on the other day and somebody walked past me and said, what cologne are you wearing? And I said, oh, this is not cologne. This is the scent of the balm. And they were like, wow, that's amazing. Well, I appreciate that. I mean, so right now I think I have 13 different scents on the site and it's, it gives me options. It's really, again, that's why I started. It was for myself because I'm, you know, self-centered and I wanted to be able to take care of my beer <laughs> the way I want to. But the main push for me was to be able to use things that were all natural. I don't want a list of chemicals in my products if I can help it. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to use something that I enjoyed myself. So I started, you know, I, I found the right formulas for me and then started, you know, let other people liked the way it smelled. And I would talk about my beard and, and people wanted to try it. So the more I, I did that, the more it just made sense that I should be selling this because, you know, I'm giving away a lot of it for free. So, <laughs> um, so I started very small and I only had one scent, which was Hippie Thieves. And it's uh, probably still one of my favorites. It's a patchouli and thieves oil mix. It's a very spicy mix that I really enjoy. But I started with that one scent and I would just sell that by itself. And that was all I had. But what I've noticed is a lot of people that are enjoying the product, they didn't need necessarily the hold that I need on my beard. Uh, So that pushed me into the butter. I found that there are a lot of people that prefer the butter just because of the consistency and they don't need the hold. They don't want it kind of stiffer, which I prefer myself. Yeah. I toyed around with the idea of oils, but to me, oils have just left my face feeling so greasy. I just, that's why I don't do oil. So my main focus was the balm 
and the butter. And that really covered people for the most part until I started some of the more handlebar mustache wearing folks really wanted a wax. So I worked really heavily to get a wax that worked really well and finally found the right mix. So I've got the wax, but I do a handful of other, I'm really working on kind of a whole line of just natural stuff. I don't want any of my products to have ingredients that you can't pronounce. Uh, (laughs) I want it to be as simple as possible and makes it as easy on your body as possible. Just let your body do as much of that work as you can, and then we're going to get a little boost with my product. Yeah, I think that that's the important bit. It's about um, it's about taking care of your beard, but it's about basically doing uh, the complete opposite of what I was doing by shampooing and conditioning my uh, my beard. It's just letting your beard do its own natural thing. Let your face take care of itself, and you just yeah. bust it. Yeah. And the other thing that I love about your brand as well is it's a real family business as well, isn't it? You know, you're not just buying a product, you know, you're supporting a a family business, which I think is great. Yeah, and and everything that I do is something that I have made myself. A lot of people that sell soaps or they sell balm or whatever, they're making their product with a base that they have bought from someone else. And then they're adding scent to it or they're adding color to it or whatever. Everything that I do is from scratch all the balms that i do are from scratch the butters the soaps i have a scrub that is a little more kind of after dark kind of discussion um i have the wax but i also at this point i'm working on a deodorant line just because i want to stick with that more natural direction i i have much more problems with like the deodorants with chemicals in them i my body doesn't react well, so I go with the more natural stuff. And you also take your corporate responsibility quite seriously. So, ten percent of all of your uh, of all of your prices go to the Austin Street Center in Dallas, there in Texas, where you are. Can you tell us a little bit about their work and why uh, you decided to support them with your sales? They are a, a an organization that supports homeless people in Dallas. It offers them a lot of sort of leg up when they need it. It offers housing, a little bit of, you know, shelter. There's some food. There's They do a lot of work. Well, that's just wonderful that you can do that and support them. So, you know, fair play to you for doing that and, and, and what a lovely thing for you to be able to do through your business as well. I want to ask you kind of about the future, really, of Osso Scruffy. So, so what products are you looking at next? Where is it going? You mentioned something about After Dark there. Do we want to touch on that? It sounds quite uh, intriguing. Um, so yeah. tell us more. And I want to hear about the Dioran line as well. Yeah, absolutely. Again, I'm not that keen on Dioran. I find, I find them that my skin doesn't react very well to them so over over here i I don't know if you have it in in the states do do you have a brand called over here it's called links i think is it called axe ax so basically there's this thing in in the uk when we all get you know like the whole thing at christmas is you get from some from sort of relatives you get bought socks underwear and then everybody every man i know literally will get the links set and it's basically the Lynx deodorant or axe for you guys and the accompanying body wash yeah. and like literally we have a cupboard I hope my mum and my auntie is not listening to this we, we literally have a cupboard full of it and it's that kind of thing it's like oh you know it, another Lynx another, another Lynx another Lynx but 
for a lot of people, it's not great for them. So okay, so let's divide first. Let's let's talk about After Dark. That's the one that I want to know about first, <laughs> and then we'll go to the the other end. Okay. So I do have a. It's called my Java Scruffy Scrub. It is a body scrub that is made with coffee grounds and coconut oil and some other things Mm -hmm. that it's a really good scrub for your skin. The reason it was invented was as more of a backdoor scrub for sexy time. Got ya. It doesn't add a lot of scent to your skin, but what it does is number one, it helps to clean the skin itself. It kind of the abrasive texture of the, coffee grounds and the sugar tend to clean the skin pretty well, but also that coconut oil leaves it feeling very soft and it just leaves you with a more, uh, what I would say is a more traditionally masculine smell. It just makes you smell like you. Yeah. Um, so it makes you kind of edible. <laughs> Sign me up. Uh, <laughs> wow. Amazing. So have you, have you already started producing that then? Oh yeah, no, I've been selling it for a while. It's it's one that I have a harder time shipping, particularly during the summer months because the coconut oil just gets too hot. But it is one that when I go to either a bear event or I go to a kink event, uh, it's very popular. I can yeah. imagine. I can imagine. All right, so and let's go to the DR run line then. Is that in development? Yeah, so I thought that I had the right mix with the deodorant, and I was testing it out not only with myself, but with a few other people. And longer term, I didn't like it. So I've gone back to the drawing board on that one a little bit and scrapped, like just completely scrapped the formula and started over. So that's where I'm going next. I don't know that I'll probably do much beyond that because I've got a pretty wide line as it is Mm -hmm. between the beard bombs and butters the wax the scrub and then adding a deodorant to that i did actually consider doing a dried toothpaste uh like a toothpaste bite almost Mm -hmm. Uh, but i think that might be pushing me out just a bit too much (laughs) so well i mean uh, you'd literally have the whole body covered then wouldn't you i mean that's the only thing you're missing is teeth yeah yeah Toast to her, mouth to ass. <laughs> <laughs> All covered. <laughs> that was that was kind of what I was thinking is is being able to have a set of products that is in my bathroom on my counter that I don't need anything else. I just use my own product. Yeah. And I don't know I don't know that I'm gonna get quite that far. How does it feel like, you know, when you're doing all this self care? And you're like, I made that, I made that, I made that. How does that feel? Like, literally, everything you're putting on your body, you've created yourself. Like, it must be really empowering. It absolutely is. It absolutely is. And what I love, and because I'm a little bit self-centered, and I like to hear that people like my product. You know, when I have repeat customers, it makes me happy. You know, when someone tells me, God, I love the smell of that. Mm. Particularly when I do outdoor markets, I will have... Uh, a husband and wife or two husbands or, you know, a wife, whatever it is, I will have these people come up smelling my product. Like, God, I love the smell of that. And that makes me happy that I've put something together that people are enjoying. I might enjoy it, but it's more important to me. I guess that other people are really giving me that kind of validation that I'm doing something right. 
And you definitely are. And I'm, it's not because you like hearing, but we absolutely love your products. And I'm feeling that there's a couple of products that are going to be included in the next shopping bag as well. <laughs> <laughs> People are hearing this and they're thinking, right, where can I buy these products from? Where can we get the Oso Scruffy range from? Uh, the easiest thing to do is to go to my website, which is just ososcruffy.com. It's O-S-O-S-C-R-U-F-F-Y.com. All of my social media links are there. Information about all the products is there. You can see a pretty good description of each of the scents so mm-hmm. you know what everything smells like. That's something that I've had a little bit of a struggle with is getting the point across of what things smell like without you actually being able to open the tin to see what it smells like. But I think that people have found the right thing for them. And I've tried to do a good enough description of each of those scents uh, so people can get what uh, fits them best. It's a real shame that the internet's not scratch and sniff, isn't it? Because that would would make... Well, I mean, can you imagine so many things would be completely different? I mean... I don't want to say that Pornhub would be a very different experience oh, no, like that. It's still early in it's still early in Dallas. Come on, come on, have some faith. <laughs> have some. Um, I'm sure someone's working on it, but yeah. you'll get the scratch and sniff internet in no time. <laughs> Do you remember scratch and sniff back in the day? They used to have programs on television where you'd get a card and you'd literally scratch it when you know, like somebody you know had a coffee or something like that. It was. A thing for about 20 minutes. I mean, you English people are just <laughs> nuts. So we can order direct on your website. Where do you ship to? That kind of thing. Absolutely. I, I ship worldwide. Now, I actually just sent several things to the UK yesterday. International shipping is obviously going to cost a little bit more. But generally, I can get something out you know, at a reasonable cost. I would say for an international shipment, what makes sense is probably ordering more just because the shipping cost is offset a little bit by you getting more product. And um, the other thing that I wanted to ask you is, who does all your kind of branding? Because I love the kind of, the, obviously it's the bear is on the logo, but it's, right. it's, it's great. It's really engaging. So the first logo, which is the, the Balm logo at this point, that was done by Space Pup Silver in the UK. Ah. He's done a lot of really wonderful art that I've always been impressed with. And I really wanted to use some of their art in my branding. So I I purchased that original logo from Space Pup Silver. Beyond that, what I've tried to do is speak to a different artist for each product. So the balm has a logo, the butter Mm -hmm. has a logo, the mustache wax, everything has its own logo. And to me, it's a way of kind of getting art out there because I'm an artist as well. So I, I like to promote artists when I can. It's a way of getting multiple artists a little bit of like hey this thing that you know it's just one more thing they can add to their portfolio you know well it's just those little touches that that really kind of set you above the rest really and i know we've talked about how you're kind of widening the kind of customer base in terms of who or what these kind of products have traditionally been marketed at so it's really Mm -hmm. nice that every single thing that you do with this brand you're kind of carefully analyzing it and making sure that you know, that it's going to be the best product that you want it to be. And it really reflects you and and kind of your ethos. And I think that's just absolutely wonderful. So thank you so much for taking time out today and getting up extremely early to talk to us. 
but hopefully you've enjoyed yourself we've certainly enjoyed having you on it's been absolutely fantastic talking about beards hearing about your product and please keep in touch because we can't wait to see where this brand goes next and hopefully you know you'll be stocking in more and more places obviously people can get your products online but yeah thank you so much and um stay in touch and we'll speak soon yeah absolutely i I really appreciate you having me on uh it's been great even though it's you know been a very early morning (laughs) i mean early morning aside we love you we love your products and we hope to talk again soon take care take care bye bye Well, I don't know about you, but I feel that me and my beard are very intimately linked now. Well, the thing is, I learned something. I learned that I was doing the wrong things. I know. The whole shampoo on your beard thing. I was like, oh, of course. Why not? It's just hair. But actually, I've realised now that my whole beard care routine was a bit... So what is your beard routine, dear listeners? Well, I mean, those with beards, I would presume that some of our listeners would not have a beard. Well, judging by some of the people who follow us on the social medias, I think quite a lot of them probably don't have a beard. But, you know, they may be aspiring to have one. So, you know, let us know. Do you want a beard? Would you like us to send you a fake one? What is your beard care routine? Let us know. We are on Twitter at BarebackPod. We are on Instagram at BarebackPodcast. We are on Facebook. Just search for us, Bareback. Or you can send us an email at BarebackPodcast at gmail.com. So now, it's uh, time for us to go, but I'm properly going to go upstairs now and have a bit of a one-to-one sesh with my beard. Yeah, and I think I'm going to throw away the conditioner. No, you still need it for your hair, on the top of your head. Yeah, but it's a a gesture, isn't it? It's a gesture to my beard to reinforce my beard that from now on is going to be properly taken care of. Yeah, but I think it's quite expensive. And also, you use my conditioner, because I've got blonde hair, and I use a blonde hair shampoo. You've not got blonde hair, but you still use my shampoo and conditioner. So actually, can you not throw it away? Because I quite like that product. And it's not cheap, Bab. You know I only buy it when it's on special offer. So let's just rethink that. I need to do a grand gesture for my beard. So something's got to go. Maybe just like throw a piece of paper into the recycling bin. And Uh, and write conditioner on it. That's not a grand gesture. (laughs) It is a grand gesture because you ain't throwing away my conditioner. Mm, We'll see. All right, guys. Well, while we continue this argument offline, we'll see you same time. Next week. And it's the series finale next week. Is it? Oh! Sad times. But we're going to go out with a bang. So we look forward to seeing you, well, sending you audio. Mm -hmm. And I look forward to the bang. (laughs) The bang? Yeah. What bang? Banging. What's happening with the bang? You said you were going, we were going out with the bang. Oh, yeah, it's a figurative. Well, we'll talk off there. Okay. All right, love you guys. Bye. Bye.